What's up, guys? It's time to go Behind the Bum. What's up, guys? Welcome to this episode of Behind the Bum. Hope you guys had a great weekend. Um, So this episode, I'm going to talk about a couple things. So the first part, we're going to be talking a little bit with Alex. I mean, I feel like you guys have been asking me a million fucking questions and like obviously deservingly so. And I don't know. I feel like there's like a lot of questions you guys have that seem pretty similar. So I thought this would just be like really easy to just kind of like sit with Alex, answer all these questions you have and just kind of catch you all up. I know there's a lot, um, but I'm going to try to get through as many as I can. And then also, I think there's like a huge thing going on at the moment with monkeypox. And a lot of people don't know like who to ask, who to talk to. Uh, I mean, do you want to get a vaccine? So we're going to touch on that a little bit as well. So I guess let's get started. So Alex, hi. (laughs) Hi. Um, all right. Well, I've been with you all day, so yeah. I'm not going to ask how you're doing because <laughs> we're just going to dive, yeah, dive, dive right, right in. in. Um, okay. So wasting no time, I'll ask the first question. So what was it like transitioning from the show to a real relationship? Um, I think it was definitely interesting. I think when we came off the show, we'd had a lot of serious conversations that we'd been putting off for so long. So in a way, I felt like we almost knew each other better. And we were kind of, you know, going into this new relationship, trying to navigate that. But it was also fun because no one knew. So it almost felt like a little secret that was just between us. And it was a really great bonding experience. I thought it was fun. Yeah, I'd have to say I agree. I feel like I remember when we came home, you like sat me down on the couch because we like never really like talked about after the show. I think it took like a good like five days and you were just like, so are we just like not going to talk about what just happened or are we just going to like, (laughs) and I was like, just like move on. Like it happened. Like it's done. Like just be like, and you were like, but like, it's everything. Like, I feel like we had a huge conversation five days later and you were like all rattled. I was like, bitch, it was all what we said. Like, we're good. Well, yeah. Especially coming off of a reality show. I mean, I think it's, you know, important to have those, just as important to have a conversation off camera as it was to have it on camera. So I think in more of a private setting, it was good to kind of just reiterate the points of what we'd said to each other on the show and just make sure that we were all on the same page moving forward and we were yeah I feel like if there's anything to know about me I'm not really good at that aspect no he's not a great emotional communicator but I will say he's gotten a lot better especially recently so I feel so (laughs) so yeah okay you want to move to the next one let's go for it okay have either of you communicated about a relationship prior to the show I don't think so so I mean there were maybe like in the beginning beginning like when I first met you like three or four years ago because I did meet you on Bumble so I mean like technically you're on Bumble because you're looking for a relationship but like I don't think I ever like looked at you and I was like are we dating or what yeah or I feel like over the years there were maybe a couple of surface level maybe you know margarita induced conversations where we would kind of say to each other, like, what are we even doing? But then it was kind of the next morning forgotten. Yeah, I definitely wasn't bringing that up again. <laughs> <laughs> <Why>? <laughs> <laughs> um, 
how was it for your mutual friends when you guys came home from the show, finding out you guys got together? So like I mentioned before, we didn't tell anybody. Yeah. I lied to my family. (laughs) We kind of just kept it to ourselves. One, because we had to, and two, because, you know, it was as new to us as it would be to them. So I think we needed a moment to kind of catch our breath as well. And, you know, navigate of how we were going to be in a relationship together before we wanted to go invite everyone else into it also. But I think that's one of the things that I'm actually happy for. Like, I mean, not going to lie. I was obviously like, we filmed the show like basically a year ago. So I was like super excited thinking the show was going to come out like early winter. And I was like, oh my God, I'm so excited for everyone to watch this. And then as time went on, like I'm almost grateful we did have that more time because it helped us like get to a good place that I feel like we both like feel like stable. Yeah. And like, I know that's probably like not a nice word to say, but I feel like I'm not like nervous about like what you're doing or what you're going to say, or like, if you're just like going, like, I don't care what you do. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it gave us a good base that like any message somebody sends me or like anything fucked up, somebody wants to try to throw in my face. Like I'm not concerned for like whatever you're doing out in public. No, I totally agree. I think that we did gain a lot of stability by kind of having that time just to ourselves. And we were able to kind of build a relationship that worked for us. And I think we did a great job. Yeah, I mean, I don't hate you yet, so that's nice. Yeah, got it, okay. (laughs) All right, awesome. So moving on, what was it like filming the bedroom scene? Not the bedroom scene, someone asked that? Yeah. Uh... (laughs) It was probably one of the producers. The bedroom scene. I mean, honestly, the bed itself was so fucking comfortable. It was. And I I felt kind of natural. I'm not going to lie. The bedroom scene was like not all that weird. And I also feel like it was towards the end of filming. So all those people between like the cameramen and your producers and like everybody involved, you're just like super close with. So I mean, like not to get too graphic, but I mean, like anything sexual or like kissing or like pooping or farting or like anything was just kind of like out the window fairly quickly because I mean like we were all around each other literally 24 7 like I would wake up and my producer would wake me up I would go to bed and she's watching me sleep there's cameras above your bed there's cameras like it just was like so many cameras I mean after six weeks I was just like all right what are we doing yeah I agree you kind of like forgot everything was there and you forgot that people were there And in the moment, we kind of just went for it. I remember even like as I was taking my shirt off originally, I think I was doing because I was like, oh, my God, I know Jeff hates like street clothes in his bed. And then it kind of just spiraled into the rest. I don't want to say it like this, but if you wear street clothes and then get in your bed, like it just skews me out. And that's probably why you have fucking bed bugs. Like you should not wear your subway clothes on your bed. You should not wear your fucking shoes even in your bedroom. There's just things you should do and not do. So I hate street clothes in your bed. I agree to an extent. He's a little bit crazier than I am. I'm so a really big. I don't even know the word. Germ. Not. I mean, yes, it's a germaphobe, hypochondriac. All of the above. Yeah. But yeah, originally I was like, oh, let me take that off because I know he hates that. And then the rest just came off too. Okay. <laughs> Moving along. all right i'll do the next one okay yeah um how was it having such personal conversations in front of the whole world 
So I think it was definitely difficult to have such personal conversations in front of the whole world, but I almost looked at it kind of like a necessary evil. We didn't necessarily, we weren't great at having conversations when it was just us two about that. One would either run away or, you know, the next day we pretend it didn't exist. This was kind of a unique thing that it forced us to have the conversation and follow through with it and talk about it the next day. So it was tough, but after a while, it just kind of felt natural to talk I don't like even that. know if I would say it was like tough necessarily. Like, I also didn't know that everyone it. was going to hear your most like personal thoughts. Yeah, but I, d- I don't even think I was thinking about that. Like I wasn't on there thinking like, oh my God, the whole world's going to watch this. Like I just was like, I think the cool thing was to take a step back from your life and just kind of focus on the one thing essentially we both have been like failing at. So I think to like, just like not work, we no like there was no phones, like you were just strictly focusing on your relationships with people. Yeah, you got to drown out the noise and just really. And so I think when you make that your priority and you're talking about it every morning, every day, what you like, what you don't like, you have multiple people you're dating at the same time. So you're just kind of like navigating, like, what do I like about this person? What's bothering about this person? Like, it just was such uh, I know it sounds unhealthy, but I feel like it was really healthy for me to just kind of like navigate what I really wanted and like kind of like realize what I was doing was not working. And I feel like this process really worked well for me. And it worked out for me too. <laughs> okay. I don't know. Wow. This one, I don't even know how we'll answer. Are you guys religious? I feel like different question is that different answer, not different answers, but I mean, different upbringing. So you start, I mean, like, like at a first glance, like, are we religious? No. no. I mean, like, that's not a thing. I mean, I, I did grow up religious. Like my mom is a first grade Catholic school teacher. Currently my dad is playing softball with some like men's <laughs> league that they're all from fucking church or some shit. Like, I don't know. I mean, like we definitely all have our own opinions on it in my family. I, for one, don't give a fuck. Like God is a woman, um, as people may say. So like, I am not religious. I don't really believe in it. I think it was thrown down my throat for too long. I'm just like, what the fuck even is this? Um, But that's just something my family's learned to not talk about. And like, I don't bash them for believing on a mystical creature. And they don't bash me for not. Yeah, and I wasn't brought up really with any religion. So it's never even been anything in my life. So no, I'm not religious. All right, well, somebody on this one must know me really well. It says, I have to manage, I have to imagine you guys don't eat chicken nuggets all the time. How do you guys manage food? Well, okay. Uh, no, we definitely don't eat chicken nuggets all the time sometimes i don't eat it that often no not all the time i feel like i probably eat it okay i'm eating it now a lot currently because it's summer yeah so i'm not eating out normally like this as often throughout the other nine months as i am now so i would say currently i'm probably eating it like three times a week only because we're on the go so much and like if I'm going out to eat, I'm probably getting chicken fingers and fries. It's just easy. It's simple. I'm always nervous. I'm going to like 
have like diarrhea somewhere in public diarrhea so like I know if I have chicken nuggets I'm like good so like I could go out after I have fun like it's just a safe meal like I don't like I never have tried anything like exotic like I like to just stick to what I know it's good majority of the time like it's really hard to fuck up chicken nuggets and fries so like I just feel like it's good to know what I'm getting myself into and I like it so I would say mostly though we just eat grilled chicken with those like dollar Idaho mashed potatoes shout out to Idaho you guys are really getting a glimpse at the luxury (laughs) I think I definitely have a more you know expansive palate than Jeff but I think the key to eating with him is to find something that he likes and is simple so you know he said grilled chicken or you know, he eats pesto now, which is, you know, crazy. we love pesto, love on, chicken pesto yeah. on chicken. So you kind of find a meal that works for him and you, I like sneak away to make it healthy and then he'll eat it. I've learned to not watch the kitchen. Absolutely. Yeah. No, sit on the couch while I make it and then just eat it. Yeah. Because if I see him like dip a fork in too many things or like, I just, I know the rules. Yeah. Like I just get grossed out. So I don't look at it, but he eats it. Well, it's good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Do you guys like the same TV? Pretty much. Yeah. I would say there's nothing you watch and I'm like, oh, Jesus fucking Christ, turn this off. No. I'm watching the new season of Riverdale and he'd given up on it seasons ago. So we don't watch that together anymore. Let us know who watches Riverdale because I think it's everybody crazy on now. it just like started doing math. They I'm have like, like superpowers now. It's shit. crazy. Well, you like it. No, it's really good, honestly. But okay. Yeah, I would say we agree on TV. I feel like we're not really like romancy TV people, which is weird coming off a dating show. Like, yeah. I don't really like dive into that too much. But I will say, like, I you love Bachelor. Bachelorette ish. Yeah. But like, I will say, like, I love like reality TV. So, like, I love like Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I love just like anything that people are embarrassing themselves on television for because it helps me like turn my brain off. And I like to feel like numb when I'm watching TV and just like turn my brain off. Like, I don't want to think, but I do, we do love the murder shit, you know? Yeah. And I feel like we have some shows we like to watch where we're really invested. Some shows are for like before bed where I know I'll get through five minutes and fall asleep. Yeah. Like Stranger Things is great. Like love. Yeah. You can't fall asleep during Stranger Things. But like I used to fall asleep during Grace and Frankie when he loved it. That's because you have no taste. Got, Got it. No taste. Yeah. Grace and Frankie is a great show. So if you haven't watched it, highly suggest. Um, okay, this is rude, but like, who's bitchier? Jeff. Like, you think? I don't know. Okay, I think it depends on the day. I think we definitely have, we both have bitchy moments at times. I think the difference in bitchiness is I shut down and just like, won't do anything. And I'll just sit on my phone and be like, just stop talking yeah we're like you escalate things and like actually act like a bitch yeah i explode like i just throw my own tantrum quietly or i'll throw like rude words out that are like very daggerish to just like short snippy things at somebody which is why i'm not allowed to talk on the phone to people if it's like work related No, that's definitely true. I think we both express being bitchy in different ways and neither one is right. They're both wrong. And, you know, both, I guess at the end, warrant the other apologizing. But yeah, I guess they're different. 
Okay, don't die. <laughs> he's drinking water, acting like he's being water. I don't know what just happened to me. <laughs> okay, well, we're keeping that in because. Yeah, why not? You get the real us guys, oh, un- unedited. I think it just like went down something weird. Down the wrong pipe. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay, so what does the future hold? Hopefully more water. Yeah. Um, no, on a serious note, what does the future hold? I mean, I think we both have been like working on a lot of things at the moment and we just kind of are like, I think the good thing about Alex and I is we both push each other to kind of like do things that are not feasible, which I think is like the highlight of our relationship yeah. is that like, I don't push you to like get, I don't know, like a, a raise at your job. I'm like, no. quit your job. Yeah, no. We <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I say outlandish things to like push you that like we both push each other to like do things that like don't make sense. Or that we never thought were possible. It's like, yeah, I think we, we bring out the motivation in the other to be the best version of ourselves to go for the things that we want. And, you know, we're definitely working on a lot of things right now that I think reflect that. Yeah, maybe we'll tell you in like two weeks. Yeah, soon. But well, I would say like outside of the, I don't know, businessy aspect, I would say like, I think we're both on the same page. Of like we want to have kids by like 35. Yeah. So that's in like a little over five years because we are not 30 just yet. Not yet. Hold it out strong. Coming soon, but <laughs> not yet. Yeah, not not yet. Um, but I think like as a whole, like we both want the same things out of life. And I feel like we both value the same things that in the sense of like travel and like we see our families an equal amount. Like we see our friends, like I think a healthy amount. Like it's not like we're locked away. And only hang out with each other nonstop. You know what I mean? Like, I think overall we live like a very healthy life. And so the future, I think I want to like just maintain that, but I think we both are on the same page with. Absolutely. I think, you know, in life, we definitely want the same things. And I think we have an ability to see a really great big picture with the two of us for the future while also enjoying the day to day, which I think is really great. Let me tell you, not every day is a great day. <clears throat> not every day is a great day because that is not life. But a lot of days are great. And even if the day is not great, it still feels. You just got to laugh good. about it. Yeah. Laugh and then maybe it. that's the day he'll look and say, let's just get chicken nuggets for dinner. And I'm like, All right. absolutely. Small wins. Um, okay, guys. So that was some of your questions. I mean, I don't have time to go through all of these, but I hope that was like fun for you to give you a little insight um any last words alexander Hmm. no i think if anything you know coming off the show i think that there's never a wrong time to say how you feel to someone or to have a hard conversation because it might turn out great and it might be everything that you wanted so just go for it but even if it turns out bad I feel like looking back on it five years from now you'll be happy you at least said your piece absolutely i even said like if jeff didn't pick me in the show or if it didn't work out it still would have been okay because we wouldn't have so many unsaid things you know we wouldn't feel tense I wouldn't feel oh he I feel this way about him and he doesn't know about it we would have talked about it and moved past it so either way whether he chose me or not I think we would have been better off for it
All right, Alexander. Well, thank you so much for taking this 20 minutes outside of your workday. So you can now leave and go back to work. It has been a pleasure. It has been great. Okay. All right, guys. So now our next segment, we are going to be bringing on my next guest who is going to be talking to us about monkeypox. All right, guys. So this next segment, I want to talk a little bit about monkeypox. And I know every gay guy on social media has been talking and posting about it nonstop. But I think we'd all be lying if we said we're not very educated on what exactly is monkeypox. Like, I've heard about a little bit how you get it about like, skin and sexual contact and through bodily fluids. But I don't really understand much about it. So I'm equally here to learn with you guys a little bit about what is going on with monkeypox. So I thought the best way to do that is I invited my friend Gabe on who currently has it. So Gabe, tell me like, how is it? Like, how do you think you got it? Like, how are you? Um, well, I wish I knew exactly how I got it. Um, I will say that I got it after probably the two or three least slutty weeks in memory. Okay. So a relatively small number of, 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 of men. And, um, you know, so I'm not sure it's really a numbers game. You can Did get you it. Trace it back to the one. No. Wow. You know, um, and, um, so in that sense, I would say it's, it's sort of not as it was first advertised to me, which is that, uh, the numbers we were told until very recently and even ongoing in New York City, where I live, uh, were very low. And since we've all gotten used to sort of to uh, crunching numbers with COVID and trying to figure out what's risky, what's not risky, all that, when you hear, you know, there's 60 people or 100 people who have a thing in a city of almost a million gays, doesn't sound super likely that you'll get it. Turns out those numbers were because until last week, they had one place doing testing in New York City. They processed about 10 tests per day. So the numbers that they were giving were complete nonsense. My doctor so said multiply by 10. more rampant than people are leading up. Yeah, it's all over. And it was all over, obviously. This is my coming close to the two weeks of having had it now. And it could have been incubating for two or three weeks before that. So when they were saying there's 100 people or whatever they were saying back, you know, in mid-June, those numbers were not true. I mean, you know, so my doctor told me multiply by 10. So when they said there were 100 people, that would mean there were probably 1,000 people with it. And yeah. now that they're and saying so obviously it's just going to continue to a thousand, you might say 10,000 people have it. So, you know, the, they're, they're just not keeping up with the testing. It's the same in the early days of COVID. So, um, so what was the first so, sign yeah. you had of it? The first sign was a very, very high fever and headaches, all of which spelled for me COVID, you know, it was just like when I had COVID. 
And so the first few days, I just was sort of quarantining and thinking that I had COVID. And um, then the other symptoms started. <laughs> and it was at that point, um, I mean, the first thing was that I'd had a little pimple on my neck, which I just assumed was nothing from shaving or something. It looked like nothing, like getting grown hair, the kind of thing you wouldn't give two looks to. But then when I started having some other symptoms, I went in and got tested for that. And even that, the doctor who swabbed me said, oh no, that's an ingrown hair. But I guess since you're here, we'll test. Doctors don't even know themselves what's what these days. You know, they're learning in real time too, which is terrifying. <laughs> yeah. And I've, I've read cases about people going in, you know, covered in things and then saying, oh no, that's not, you know, that's not monkey something else you know and not treating people so um so i think you know from the standpoint of how i got it and what the first signs were you know they seemed like other things and of course if it's a nothing little pimple that you don't give you know a second thought to of course when they tell us Oh, be careful and, you know, really, you know, be super aware of who you're getting with. That's a completely useless bit of advice because these, these things in the early stages, and for many people, it stays that way, might be completely undetectable. You so know, when you, you saw that small pimple, did you try to like pop it or pick at it or you just like let it be? Well, I let it be. And I was like, well, I mean, it had already been there for some days before the fever and stuff. And so I was like, well, what is, maybe that's not a pimple. Maybe I should go get tested. So I get tested. Um, and uh, the tests, of course, take like a week to come back. <laughs> so <laughs> during that time, the sort of other symptoms, which they've now identified are very common in this strain of monkeypox, which I think was not the case previously it's changed um began and my doctor was like you will have a hundred percent have monkeypox we don't even need to wait for that test to come back um and those are the horrible symptoms that people i think are largely talking about um and without getting too graphic i will say it is the most intense pain i have ever experienced um it's like from another planet um these are lesions located inside your butt. Um, some people have them inside or on their dick. Luckily, I did not have that as well, but um, they don't even know at this point if they're sort of transmitted to a particular site because of contact at that site. Um, so is it more like since you likely got it from bottoming potentially that's why it's in there i they don't really know that yet it's certainly possible um but um the the disease at least as they are now describing it tends to sort of move all around so you might have some on your face or your neck and then a few days later those may sort of subside scab over and then they may pop out on your arms or your feet um your your back your belly you know, I've, I've seen things from guys who have them sort of all over the place and sort of cycling from site to site. Um, 
and is those there, like equivalent to yeah. like scratching if like you scratch your arm and then like the oil or something like gets on this arm and then it transfers that way or it's not like that either I haven't heard that. I think it's it's more like, you know, the virus is in you and like chickenpox, you know, that it could sort of pop out in different places. It's not necessarily that you'll be transmitting it on yourself. Um, but um, again, I would say for, for me, um, there was this one little thing on my neck, but otherwise I haven't had anything else on me except in the very sensitive place. Um, which is to say, also, I don't know how long those were sort of brewing <laughs> before yeah. I became very painfully aware of them. Again, when they say, you know, be careful, you know, no one's looking up there to, you know, yeah, deep we're inside not doing of anal cavity checks. Checks, you know, so who knows, you know? And of course, like, I, I mean, in a way, I, I think it's also really you know, it has a sort of ugly feel to it, I have to say, the sort of um, directive to um, sort of keep, you know, control of yourself uh, when faced with what is sort of being told to be a sort of horrible and disfiguring um, disease. In other words, like what kind of, when I heard that, I was like, well, of course I'm not gonna get with someone who's covered in lesions. And of course, like the, the people who may have transmitted this to me had no outward signs of it. I mean, yeah. you know, we may not have been on, you know, sort of close terms um, in some sense, but I did spend some quality time with them. But that's uh, the crazy thing is that like- And there was nothing arrived. Yeah. Sorry? Basically it doesn't take much. Yeah. I mean, I had no, you know, I mean, I was very up close uh, with these people and there was absolutely nothing that would have raised an eyebrow. And I guess in some sense, I probably was slightly alert to this already. Um, so how long a, does it last? Like, what did they tell you? They say two to four weeks generally. Um, so I'm coming up on two weeks and um, I would say my symptoms are, the last couple of days maybe a few percent less horrible. Um, so okay. I'm sort of praying to God that this is the sort of uh, beginning of the end of this. Um, but did but, they give you uh, No. So this is the other insane part is that when I heard about monkeypox, first of all, I heard about it like so many people in the news like in February. And I immediately was like, and they said, this is coming for the gays. So I immediately started asking my doctor, I reached out to friends in the medical profession and was like, can you, how can I get a vaccine? They say there's a vaccine for it. Obviously I'm at risk, let's protect myself. They were unobtainable. And in many places they're still unobtainable. We have friends who've traveled to Canada to get vaccines recently. Um, so, um, and then in terms of treatment, it's been an absolute ongoing nightmare. Um, at least in New York, um, there is a treatment for it uh, uh, called T-Pox and uh, antiviral. And it's amazingly effective, apparently just stops the thing dead in its tracks. Um, they have these pills. 
and the Department of Health is withholding them by and large. Uh, I don't know who they're saving them for, but they're definitely not for the gays who are suffering and in pain and having to stop work and who may very well be risking um, long-term scarring complications. So what's kind of the stuff. issue then? Why would the, is it like not FDA approved or something? No, it's approved. Um, they've created a crazy, they were, you know, again, despite all the advanced warning, they were caught totally flat footed here. Um, you know, they hadn't rolled out any vaccines before the thing touched down, despite, you know, five months heads up. And, uh, and then in terms of the treatment, they've created a completely ineffectual bureaucracy where doctors, I mean, I'm, I'm a privileged person. I'm lucky I have doctors who can see me who can talk to me, you know, of course, many people, and, and I live in a big city where people sort of know what's up and all that, relatively speaking, but um, God forbid I was, you know, somewhere else. But even so, my doctors, um, the process for it to get the actual treatment, your doctor has to diagnose you, you have to have a positive test, they have to submit an application to the Department of Health your application goes into a queue, then it has to be independently reviewed by two different doctors. <laughs> then they have to approve it. Then they have to have a conference with you about it. And then you will perhaps be granted the privilege of being treated. Um, so by again, that, your two weeks is up. Yeah, so my doctors have been now advocating for me for, um, I guess, nine days. That is day 10, maybe. Um, they have called almost every day to the Department of Health to badger them. The Department of Health has said, told them, straight up lied to my own doctors, saying that they're going to reach out to me. They've never reached out. They've said this the last three days in a row. And they're just sort of waiting it out until, you know, I guess until the thing sort of just heals itself. And of course, the truth is, is that in, in most cases, we are being told it only, only quote, lasts two to four weeks. Um, well, I saw that it's 66% of people who have it identify as LGBTQ. Yeah. So I have I'm a it's once, not more actually. Yeah, well, that's what they're saying now. So I'm sure once the number gets skewed a little more towards the straights, I'm sure Maybe. Treatment will be forthcoming. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be Immediately. a little more serious. I mean, like, obviously, like you said, you seem to be pretty up with it. Like you knew about this in February. You already were asking your doctor about it. But I mean, like, do you wish you knew anything prior that you think would have like maybe helped or prevented it? I mean, the only thing I can say, and you know, I'm not a alarmist person. I'm a um, I'm a gay man on prep who embraces all of the freedom that that affords me. And I have really never had hangups about the potential, what I've always experienced and thought of as sort of, you know, minor risks associated with that path. Um, everyone picks up things now and then, then they're no big deal, really. You can be treated. The big things are prevented by PrEP and, um, you know, 
that's always been sort of how it is. I've, I've never been particularly alarmed about such things. Um, this is really different. And I, I would say, had I known what I know now about the, the pain of this and the potential long-term damage um, and the complete inability to access proper healthcare, um, I would have absolutely stopped um, having any sort of contact with uh, men who I who I don't play with regularly, and uh, until I could be fully vaccinated. Um, you think at this point it's like get the vaccine and just like wait it out. I would honestly tell tell you tell your listeners like this thing is all over now and it's it's you know russian roulette if you if you're not vaccinated i mean and it's you may very well have no idea that you're transmitting it or getting it until you find yourself in sort of agony i mean i don't want to again like get too graphic but i will tell you it's been hard to walk for two weeks i mean that's the level i mean like I saw one thing online, someone posted, this feels like having a hot curling iron up your ass. That is 100% accurate. Oh um, I have literally wept and, and screamed in pain um, repeatedly. That I am not <laughs> like a drama queen. I'd say I have quite a high tolerance for pain. This is like from another fucking planet. Um, they gave me opioids, my doctors, when I couldn't get the treatment, they did absolutely nothing. I mean, like, you know, ibuprofen, these things, they, they're like, they don't do anything for you. Um, luckily I was able to get some pretty high test marijuana so I can at least sleep. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, but, you know, I like smoking pot now and then, but it's, this is like, you know, a four alarm situation, <laughs> like just to like be able to function at all. Um, so, sorry. Hey, I appreciate <laughs> you sharing all the graphic details. I mean, I think a lot of people don't even know what's going on. They don't know how to get vaccines. I think they don't like even if somebody got it they don't even know how to treat it and now that we've learned that you basically can't treat it very much you just roll with it unless you got a really good end with the government um so guys basically try to go get your monkeypox vaccine gabe thank you so much for giving us some insight into like what it's like i hope you feel better soon i hope the curling iron temperature goes down a little bit um <laughs> you and me both <laughs> um i hope you feel better great thanks so much jeff i really appreciate you doing this and getting the word out i think that's the thing people just it's not coming from the the people who we really should be relying upon for this sort of information right now so this is really it's really important to get the word out to our community well the old men in the government don't really give a fuck so no you no, can vote really blue don't. you can vote red they don't give a shit so nope. well thank you so much gabe i appreciate it
Thanks a lot, man. I really appreciate it.